Hey everyone, welcome to episode 142, Pressured Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So we have a review to start off for today. And this comes from Jamie Ann. And she says, I was searching podcasts for parenting with love and logic and came across this blessing of a podcast. Thank you for your work in this world. Thank you for being relatable and honest. You're doing God's work and it is appreciated. Are you serious with those words? I'm literally blushing. The reason why I'm doing this is because for the first five years of my parenting journey, I was on the struggle bus and I made a promise and I prayed every night to God when I would cry myself to sleep and I was so frustrated with both kids. If you figure this out, Kelly, God, if you help me figure this out, I promise whatever the answer is, I will share until I'm 99 years old. So I'm 47 now, so I got a lot more episodes in me and thank you for that. If you wanna do a favor for your girl, go to your podcast player and write a review you, share it with a friend, tag me on social media, all the things, because that is the number one way to let me know that this is making an impact on you and in your home and telling me how it's making an impact. How are you handling tantrums? How are you feeling lighter and fluffier in your house? How is the energy in the home now versus before implementing these strategies? And that's a good way to always guide or use it as a rubric, use it as a scale, is how are things now versus how they were before and always measuring that. And the growth is like watching your hair grow. It's very subtle and it's very slow and it's very small little efforts that build up over time where you're like, wait, I don't think I've yelled all day. Oh my goodness. Whereas before you might've been yelling every hour or every five minutes or every two minutes. And then you're like, wait a minute, I don't think I've yelled today. Have I yelled today? I don't think I have. And kind of giving yourself some grace and giving yourself some credit and also patting yourself on the back for the things that you're doing right. We spend so much of our time beating ourselves up and telling us all the things that we're doing wrong. So also spend the same amount of time telling yourself all the things that you're doing right. Just like a toddler or a child or anybody that you're in a relationship with needs to know all the good stuff that they're doing, you need to tell yourself the good stuff that you're doing too because that's how you're gonna find more evidence of that. Just like we're always talking about with our kids, find what they're doing right, reinforce that, just like we did when we were potty training them, and then you're gonna see more of that. Kind of like with Mark Lycan when he said under his breath, I feel like she's always mad at us. And so the next day I was like, oh, no, 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 that is not how I'm going to show up anymore. And it was like a lightning bolt moment. And the next day showing up in a way that was looking for all the good that they were doing and all the good choices they were making. And then all of a sudden we had this classroom of kids making better choices and encouraging each other and encouraging themselves. So that same gift that we give to our kids, we also have to give to ourselves because the way we see ourselves is what we're going to project onto our kids. So that's why this is such a relationship builder for ourselves more than it is with our kids. Our kids are great the way they are. They just need to learn all the things, but they're looking to us to learn all the things. And when we have enough self-love and self-compassion and self-grace and all the good stuff, then we can project that same energy onto them. And it a lot of times comes from wanting to be the perfect parent 
or wanting to do all the things the right way because it's kind of like this is our first rodeo at becoming a parent. So we always use other people as our barometer, so to speak, of how we're doing. And then we look to other people and then they're doing it in a different way. And we think, oh, if it's different, then that means what I'm doing is wrong. And then we use it as evidence to use against us of how we're not good enough versus using it as ideas, kind of like the pizza parlor idea, loving the pizza parlor we're in while getting ideas for other pizza parlors too. No two children are alike. No two parents are alike. No two relationships between parent and child is alike. They're all like snowflakes where they're all individual and they're all very unique, like a thumbprint. So when you remember that, you're like, oh, okay, this works for us. And the way that you can always see if something's working for you, if it's normal, is if it's a win-win for both people involved in the relationship. So we're talking a little bit about pressured parenting because I feel like most parents put so much pressure on themselves to be the perfect parent to do all the things. And that pressure that we put on ourselves gets transferred onto our kids organically. And sometimes it might show up in their grades, in the effort and all the things that we, all the pressure that we put on them for their grades. It might show up in sports. It might show up in their behavior. It might show up in the cleanliness of their room. It might show up in the absence or presence of tantrums that we use those external measures as a way to measure how we're doing. We're using our kids as a pawn to tell us how we're doing. So if they get straight A's, then that means we're doing a good job as a parent. If they get all F's, that means we're doing a bad job as a parent. I am here to tell you that your child's grades is not a reflection of you. Your child's grades is a reflection of how they're able to interact with their schoolwork. When you make the F's about you, then you make the A's about you. And then you're on a report card for a fourth grader or a third grader or a seventh grader. And that is a lose-lose because you're using your kids and their achievements or lack of achievements as evidence of how you're doing as a parent. That's why if you've ever been to a sporting event, you see such cray-cray on the sidelines or in the stands because the way that their child does in sports is somehow a reflection of the parent. The way that your child does in sports has nothing to do with you as a parent. So you can sit on the sidelines, you can cheer for them, but your ego doesn't have to be on the court or on the field or on the diamond with them. It has nothing to do with you. If your child hits a home run or strikes out, it has nothing to do with you. If your child scores a hat trick or is benched the whole game, it has nothing to do with you. Just like your child's behavior. If they have a tantrum at Publix or they're well-behaved at Publix, it has nothing to do with you. When you take that pressure off yourself then you organically take it off the shoulders of your child. I'm in a lot of sports groups on Facebook and on Instagram and just a lot of different message boards. And someone had asked, what is the most effective way of coaching a child to get their best effort or to have them reach their potential? I said something along the lines of when I was coaching or when I've been coached, what works for me, the coaches send the message of win or lose doesn't really matter to me as much as how you're showing up on the field, how you're showing up on the court, how you're showing up on the diamond. That's what matters most. All the invisible hours that we put in prior to this game or this match will all come out naturally and organically when you have fun and you get out of your head and you play from your heart. When you play a game from your heart, it's effortless. It's like magic. It's like someone else is doing the work for you because you're not in your head. And someone said something along the lines of, they said, I love your positivity and that's all well and good. And I love that. I want my kids to have fun. But if I'm signing my kids up for travel or for club, which is very expensive, they can have fun later, but it's not really about having fun to me anymore. And they said, because sometimes when you focus too much on the fun, then the child has a bit of a loser mentality attitude. And they said, like, if I sign them up for fun, then I would sign them up for rec league, or I'd let them just play at the park. When I'm putting these big dollars into it, then I expect them to show up 
kind of in relation to the big dollars, if that makes sense. And I said something along the lines of, I said, I hear you. You can have both. That's the beauty. You can have both. I think when you lead with the fun and you lead with the light and fluffy and you lead with the NBD, no big deal energy, and you lead with the playing it cool energy, the kids play better and you'll play better if you're the athlete because you're not in your heads and you're not feeling all the pressure of having to win or scoring the goals or making the touchdown or getting the certain time with your swimming. When kids play in their heads because they're feeling so much pressure from the coach or their parents or even sometimes the other teammates, that pressure makes them kind of freeze and they're playing very erratically and they don't play as well. But when the player is relaxed and it's NBD energy, then they're playing what all those invisible hours that have gone into their training up to that point come out naturally and it's effortless. They're in the zone, they're flowing. But sometimes when you put a lot of pressure on a player, then they start to play really erratically. And then when they do quote unquote mess up because they're not gonna be able to hit all the shots, make all the spikes, score all the touchdowns, make all the goals, make all the times. When that happens, they get in their head and they can't bounce back as fast. And someone made the good point. They said, when you're getting recruited by coaches, they look to see what does the player do with their body language? Are they kicking the ground? Are they throwing the ball when they mess up? Are they throwing their tennis racket? What are they doing after they mess up or make an error or make a mistake? And what's their body language like? That matters more than the actual mistake. They're not looking at the mistake. They're looking at what happened after the mistake. And I will tell you, as a player, looking at my coach on the sidelines, sometimes he or she didn't have to say anything. It was all about their body language. When their shoulders dropped and they're like, oh my goodness, are you serious? With that kind of energy, that's how you get players in their heads. But when they're just like, it's all right, we got it, we got it. Like very encouraging and bounce back. We got this, you know what to do. Invisible hours, we practice for this. All that reinforcement is going to help the players get out of their heads and play from their heart. And a lot of times we say, well, we just want them to play up their potential. We just want them to play to their potential, be their potential, study their potential. And that's all well and good. We can encourage that. But at the same time, we want to remember that like we don't always play up to our potential. It's okay not to always play your A game and always bring your very best and leave it all on the field and all that good stuff. That happens sometimes. That's awesome when it does and that's magical. But when it doesn't happen, we can also relate with that. Sometimes we show up halfway at work. Sometimes we show up in ways that like, yeah, I kind of coasted through today. So yeah, we can like mention it, but that's really up to the coach. And so this all relates to their behavior with their grades, whether playing sports, the cleanliness of their room. You can still make changes, but you don't have to do it in such a militant, aggressive, high pressure, do it right all the time because we don't do it right all the time, nor do we want them to. And the more you allow your kids to be imperfect and the more you allow them to strike out, And when I say allow, they're going to strike out anyway. But the more energy they feel about whether you score three goals or you miss all three goals and you missed a breakaway one-on-one with the goalkeeper and all of it's NBD, it happens, no biggie, move on, bounce back. That energy that they feel, that's the way we're going to create more goals. And they're going to succeed even more because they know that failure isn't something to be scared of. Failures, mistakes, blunders, errors, that's all part of the human experience, whether it's on the court, on the field, in the water, in the band that's all part of the human experience, then when we know that on the field, then you can know it at home with their grades, with their room, with what they eat, how many times they go pee or poop on the potty, it takes the pressure off. So whatever goal you're going after, when they do the opposite of it, the more NBD energy that goes towards that, like, oh, that's okay, I felt that before, I know what that feels like, no big deal, the more you're gonna get what you wanna see, if that makes sense. So if you wanted your child to do well in soccer and score lots of goals and they're forward, when they miss the goal, The way to get more goals is to have a no big deal, play it cool, 
it always happens to all of us, energy when they miss the goal. That's how you're going to get more goals. Because when they make a mistake or an error, they're able to bounce back faster. They're able to jump back in the game better and not get in their head. And they play from their heart because they know that's part of the game. That's part of the 50-50. That's nothing to freak out about, not get in your head and think that you're the worst player ever. Same thing with their behavior. They're having a human emotion. It's nothing for us to freak out about that they're having a human emotion. Guaranteed that day, we probably had that same emotion if we can dig into our day and see what we were thinking and feeling and all the things that were happening and being thrown at us. So the more that you can see that you're just like your child and you don't have to get it all right, then they don't have to get it all right, the more right both of you will do it because you're not feeling under this pressure cooker like do it right, do it right, do it right, A plus, A plus all the time, all the time. Why'd you get a B? Why'd you get a C? Why'd you miss that goal? Why'd you have a tantrum? Why'd you have a human emotion? Why is your room out of order? That energy is exhausting for a child and they don't feel safe. They don't feel like they can be vulnerable and walls get put up. Just like if someone's breathing down your neck and trying to get you to do something faster or better or riding you like a horse, you probably buckle under the pressure because it doesn't feel good. It's not very motivating. So when we know that about life, then we can transfer that into our parenting and not have such a pressure cooker of parenting dynamic between the parent and the child. Because we don't need our child to do or act or be in any different way than they are. We accept the as is, and then we show up in the way that we want to show up, and we control our side of the street. And we use ourselves as a barometer for how we're doing. We create our own parenting rubric. And it can look however you want it to look. It's totally made up anyway, because all of that connection is something that you can't really measure. So sometimes we try to measure it with their grades, their sports, their room, their behavior. And then when anything is outside of the A+, then we use it as evidence of how, yep, I told you I wasn't good enough. I told you I wasn't meant for this parenting gig. And then we put so much pressure on our child and that's where they buckle because all they want is your connection. All they want is your affirmation. All they want from you is to know that they're good enough they're seen, they're heard, they're valued, and they know that their parents love them, but they also want to know that their parents like them. And when they feel that, then that's where the pressure comes off their shoulders and everything's NBD, and that's where they can soar in life and be the butterfly that they're meant to be. So take the pressure off your shoulders first, and then take the pressure off your child where they won't feel so much pressure on their shoulders. And whatever area you see the most unconsciousness come up, that's where you need to practice first. And then it'll be a lot easier in the other areas. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.